Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. book club where we read hood classics and good classics i'm derek we are 75 percent of the way through the coldest winter ever which somehow seems like so much more than that like it feels like we've been reading this for at least a month and to know that we're only 75 percent of the way through i mean i guess i'm i'm happy about it I mean, I, I'm, I'm not as in love with this book as I was when I was younger, obviously. But I still really like winter. I know, it's weird. But she's like, she keeps bouncing back and she's a kid. And I keep seeing it like she's a kid. And she just gets in so much stuff. And I just, for those of y'all who don't know, I already know what happens to winter. I just don't remember how we get there. And so I'm just like uh, wishing that there was another way that this could be written. Um, if you have any thoughts, you can leave a voicemail at 916-633-1537. Um, you can send an email to wretchedandratchet at gmail.com. Um, or you can send a DM or talk to us on our Twitter feed, which is Ratchet Book Club. Uh, with no further ado, here's chapter 19. Before I go any further, I haven't started. This is me again. Before I go into this chapter, I just want to say that I am truly worried. I'm truly worried about how she's going to hide or conceal this abortion uh, from Bullet. I just know this nigga's gonna do something where he just hurts her. And it really bums me out that even though I know it's gonna happen, ain't shit I can do to stop it. It's a fucking book. But I get involved with books. Like, I really do. Yeah, it's a thing. Anyhow, chapter 19. At the apartment, I ate, then slept. When I woke up, I left out to go to the drugstore. I purchased some pads for heavy-duty flow. I cleaned everything up. I checked and rechecked to make sure the apartment had no trace of nothing that happened yesterday or today. As I sat at the kitchen table, I felt down low. I didn't know why. It was like something was pulling me down, making me feel deep depression. 
it was something I couldn't control. The lower I felt, the more I thought of daddy. The more I thought of daddy, the lower I felt. Tears started running down my face. I picked up the telephone. Excuse me, can I have the number for Rikers Island? Thank you. Prisoner information, please. Yes, my father, Ricky Santiago, was incarcerated at your facility almost a year ago. I came to visit him and was told that he was shipped out. Is there any way I could find out where they sent him? No, I don't remember his prison number. Yes, I'll hold on. He's on Rikers Island. But the corrections officer told me they moved him out. Oh, they moved him to another building. 23-hour lockup? Can he have visitors? Non-contact twice a week for one hour only. Tomorrow. I couldn't believe it. My pops was at Rikers all along. The fucking fake cop lied to me. Bullet knew. I knew he knew. The problem is, he didn't want me to know. I said I would find out myself. I'll visit Daddy tomorrow. Nothing and nobody will stop me. Bullet came through the door quietly that night. I was up. How you doing, baby? I greeted him with a hug. Joey said you went out yesterday for three hours. Joey who? Downstairs, the doorman. You know his name? Why is he all in my business? Where were you? Bullet asked, looking dead into my eyes. I went shopping. What'd you buy? I didn't see nothing I liked. Are you lying to me? I told you never to lie to me. I went window shopping. It wasn't nothing. I was going to ask you for some money. I just went to look at a few things. Hmm. Why'd you say you didn't go out? He asked. I don't know. It was stupid. I don't know. It won't happen again. I couldn't arrange my words fast enough. Bullet had me all off guard. What won't happen again? What, you won't go out again? No, I'm saying I'll let you know if I'm going out and where I'm going. A dick suck cures everything. So I unfastened Bullet's belt, dropped down to my knees and went to work. I centered myself so we could see my lips sucking and pulling. So he could see my tongue. He needed to know he was the boss. I had no problem with that. When I saw his mouth open wide, a look of pain covered his face, but I knew it was just the ecstasy of him busting in my mouth. He got down on the floor with me and we talked. Baby, you're fucking up my head, he said in a soft tone, the anger removed from his voice. When you fuck up my head, you fuck up my business, and I can't let anybody fuck up my business. I ain't doing nothing, Bullet. I swear it's all about you and me. That's it. You think I'm leaving this good dick alone? You crazy. He smiled. This dick is good, isn't it? It's the best. Would you die for me? He asked. Baby, I'd lie for you, 
ride for you, die for you. But if I die for you, I couldn't have no more of this good dick. I laughed, feeding his ego. I need to shift him off thinking I did something I didn't do. He rolled on his side with another heart on. He began to undo my pants. I'm on my period, I said, trying not to panic. I bent over to lick his balls again. He pulled my head up and said, A nigga wants pussy. This is my pussy, right? He questioned. I answered with a nod. A little blood ain't gonna hurt this big dick. He was all up in me. How can I describe the feeling? It wasn't pleasure. It wasn't pain. It was nothing. Like a like a dick plunging into an ocean. But still, I conjured up some moans for him. I grabbed the Tech 9 out of the small drawer in the dresser next to the bed. It was early morning. There were crazy noises coming out of the living room. If somebody beside Bullet was in there, they was about to catch a bad one. As I yanked open the bedroom door, standing behind it with the Tech, I heard growling. Not human noises, but like an animal. Walking backwards, I stepped away from the door. I heard running, barking, and then howling. Then I heard chains buckling. Motherfucking bullet had two Rottweilers in our No Pets Allow building. Vicious looking, no-nonsense killer dogs with a chain that allowed them to roam the entire length of the living room and kitchen and two feet into our bedroom. Bullet! Bullet! I yelled out to him. Are you home? What the hell's going on? But he wasn't here. I sat on the bed with the tech, debating. Them fucking dogs sat and stared as if all they needed was one miracle to pop the chain and eat my ass alive. I used a bedroom phone to page Bullet. Minutes later, he called back. What's up, baby? Talk fast. What's up with these fucking dogs? My bitches? Yeah, your bitches. Them some loyal bitches. They do whatever I tell them to do. I tell them to sit, they sit. I tell them to stay, they stay. Are you loyal, Winter? You goddamn right I'm loyal, and I'm ready to blast your bitches to pieces. Well, that would be dumb. You would draw attention to yourself, cops, neighbors, the whole nine. The barking dogs is going to draw attention, I tried to reason with him. If you don't bother them, they won't bark. Just close the bedroom door and stay put. You crazy, I told him, without hostility. Yeah, your pussy smelled funny yesterday. Click. He hung up. I was vexed that I couldn't get out to see Pops. If I missed the one-hour visit today, I wouldn't be able to visit again for at least another four days. By evening time, that was the least of my worries. I couldn't leave the bedroom, so I couldn't eat. All I had was a bag of Lorna Dune cookies that Bullet had been eating in our bedroom last night. The hungrier I got, the hungrier the dogs got. By midnight, 
They were growling and so was I. My stomach was roaring and the pills that the nurse had given me was wrecking me on a damn near empty belly. That night, Bullet never came in. In the morning, I paged him but he didn't call back. My mouth was so dry from the Lorna Dune cookies, I started drinking tap water out of the bathroom in our bedroom. For two nights and three mornings, I was held hostage by the dogs. Finally, Bullet came in with somebody else. I could hear him talking. I listened as he fed the dogs before feeding me. He didn't even open the bedroom door to look in on me first. I wasn't going to open the bedroom door. I was too mad and too weak. A half hour later, the bedroom door opened. He stood in the entrance with a big smile. The same smile that I found so seductive. Where are those dogs? Was the first question I asked. I sent Joey to walk him. What was Joey doing up here? Someone had to clean up the dog shit. I'm hungry, I mumbled. Oh, so you remember who feeds you? I never forgot. Good. Bullet carried me off the bed and into the kitchen. He had two big breakfast takeout orders ready for me and a large container of orange juice. I ate without a word. Get dressed. Take a walk with me, Bullet demanded. As I was learning not to resist him, I followed his instructions. When we reached the lobby, Bullet untied the killer Rottweilers from the outside black gate where the frightened but greedy doorman, Joey, watched from a distance. We walked with the dogs who, in Bullet's presence, somehow turned friendly. Two-faced bitches. I gotta make a run. I'm taking you with me. I smiled because I like to travel. But then I thought about my father and how it's been too long since I've seen him. That's right. If I leave you here, I'll know what you'll get into. I know if I was an ex-nigga, I'd be willing to die trying to talk to your fine ass. Now, I could leave you with the dogs, he said, petting them like they were pups. But I get the feeling you don't like them. You know I got a kennel full of these babies? They sell for $850 each. I train them in the basement in Brooklyn. They sell like crack. They just cost more. I thought you was going to bounce from Brooklyn, I reminded him. I am. But I'm a flow from there real natural. No one will notice. I'll just get in my car one day and pull away from the curb and never come back. No moving trucks, nothing. No one will know the difference for a while. I'm sure there'll be some hoes left crying at the curb when you leave, I teased. I don't fuck with them low-class bitches. They all ran through. All your girls is fucked up, fucked in, and fucked out, he laughed. Brooklyn got new hoes coming up. Now all the old bitches is fighting them. Whatever. So where are we traveling to, I asked. Baltimore. What you know about that? He said, peering into my eyes again. Not a damn thing. 
Then why you have a bus ticket to Maryland in your coat pocket when I first picked you up? Damn, I forgot all about that ticket. As you can see, I never went. Where was you going? He questioned me further. I don't know. Nowhere, I lied. Why you be lying so much, Winter? What? I stalled to arrange my defense in my own head. You was probably going to check that nigga Midnight from Santiago's crew. He was talking casually and exploding bombs all at the same time. How you figure that? I played it off. Don't play dumb. I'd never forget a face. It could cost me my life. I never liked that cat. He was too quiet. Never knew what he was thinking. I watched how he moved. When Santiago's empire started crumbling, that cat just started scaling this shit down. I know some cats who ran up in the spot. They said that nigga didn't have nothing. Just a mattress on his floor, a sheet, toothbrush, and a fucking candle. I mean, no jewels in the place, no money, nothing. Dude didn't even have a phone. It was like he knew that was coming. In the whole team, he was the only one who walks away free and standing. Cat said he was clean, not a fed, not a snitch, nothing. He had to put down all that dough he stacked somewhere. Anyway, my niggas down in the Baltimore area keep an eye on him for me. But ain't nothing popping with him. He ain't pushing no weight. Why are you telling me this? I asked as if I didn't care. In case you got any ideas about the trip, that man don't have what it take to keep you, he warned. I don't want him. Yeah, whatever. So, check this out. Let me tell you how we gonna do this. A lot of cats roll south in Benzes, Lexus, and BMWs. They got the tent, rims, windows, music blasting, a car full of niggas, and they end up getting pulled over by the cops. Point blank. Police search the car. They end up doing 10, 15, 20 years. We gonna think smart. First, we gonna rent a car. You'll get it with your credit card. I ain't got no credit card. Yeah, it came in the mail for you the other day. I was holding it for you. We'll play the part. I'll dress up. Slacks, shoes, dress shirt. You'll rock a conservative dress. We'll play something on the radio, like Light FM. What difference does it make what station plays? I could swear the fucking police got some kind of nigga radar. If they hear you pumping hip-hop, you get pulled over. If we get pulled over, we'll both tell the same story. We're in the church. We're on our way to a revival. We sing in the choir. You're fucking crazy. I cracked up. I'm dead serious. You gotta rehearse the small stuff. They'll catch you on a technicality. I got a bunch of close call stories. I know how this shit works. Are you scared? I'm not afraid of nothing. I told him the truth. Good. Keep it natural. At the apartment, Bullet made a few calls and finalized arrangements. He came out of his walk-in closet with three teddy bears. 
In the bedroom, he told me what to wear. I changed. He got dead up like a Sunday school teacher in a suit. Me, him, the dogs, and the teddy bears headed to the car rental spot in his car. At the spot, he pointed out a lady standing in front with a big pink sweater on. He told me to go in, use my credit card and her driver's license. She's the driver. You're the payee. But who the hell is she and where'd she come from? Eh. She's just a chick from around the way who don't mind doing a favor for me. I looked at him and then looked back at her. She was homely, so I said okay. He told me to ask for an infant car seat. We rented a Buick LeSabre family car. The renter rack people were just so happy to have a customer. After a while, I understand why Bullet had involved this chick. She was 26 years old. They had all kind of discounts for people over 25. It seemed he had thought of everything. She drove the rental out of the place. I hopped back into Lex. She followed us. Now where are we going? Brooklyn. I gotta give the Lex to my man for safekeeping. She's going home. She'll drive the rental to Brooklyn. Me and you, we gotta drop the dogs. Then we hop in the rental and be out. Bullet saw how skeptical I looked at going to Brooklyn. You wanna hold the burner? He asked. When we get there, I told him. Something wasn't right. You know how you just get that feeling? As we turned onto our old Brooklyn neighborhood block that midday afternoon, it was crowded with fire trucks and emergency vehicles. Maybe we ought to turn around and come back when the commotion dies down, I mentioned the bullet. Nope. It's a four-hour drive to Baltimore. We gotta make good time, he said. We pulled up to a parking space. Donna, the chick with the pink sweater, pulled up and parked in the rental behind us. She got out and knocked on the driver's side of the car and handed Bullet the rental keys. She stood crouched over at the window like she was expecting something. He stepped out of the car. I was watching that bitch like a hawk. I saw him slide her a yard. Then she bounced. Bullet reached back in the car and grabbed the dogs. I'll be right back. He was going to drop the dogs off. Aren't you forgetting something? I asked him, looking dead in his eyes. What? His face was blank. Oh, yeah. He leaned into the car, opened the special compartment, and passed me to 22. Keep the doors locked, he ordered. Ten seconds after he left, a white guy in a car pulled up alongside us. Fire Marshal, you have to move this car. I smiled pleasantly and agreed. Yet my stomach was like a butterfly cage. I threw the gun under the driver's seat. Then I opened the door, walked around to the driver's side, used the key in the ignition, and started the car. On exactly the opposite side of the curb, I parked. Through the tinted window, I sat and watched the courtyard filled up with people filing out the building. The way everything was positioned on an angle, I couldn't get a full view of what was happening, but I saw the smoke. I saw the long water hoses running from the fire truck through the courtyard and toward the building. Now my eyes like a zoom lens. 
I'm trying to check faces in the crowd so I could be on the offense instead of the defense. Shame and disgust are the only things that could describe my state of mind when I spotted Mama in the crowd. She was wearing purple hot pants in the winter, a red t-shirt, run over Reeboks, and carrying a dirty yellow crochet bag. She was bumping into people in the crowd, pushing them out of the way the whole time, staring at the ground, looking for loose change or a vial the way crackheads do. No, I hope she doesn't come over here, I thought to myself. But she did. When she saw Bullet's leg, she scuttled right on over. She knocked on the window. When she didn't get no response, she started mashing her face against the window to see if anybody was inside. By now, I'm crawled up like a snail trying to get as close to the floor as possible. When she got to the window on the pasture side and pressed her face against the window, she saw me. My baby. Winter, is that you? Come out here, girl. When I didn't move, she demanded like she was in charge. Winter Santiago, this is your mother speaking. Get out of the car. With my legs tired of being jammed, I crawled back into the seat but wouldn't open the door. Oh, I know you. I got something for you. She started digging in the dirty yellow bag. I'm thinking, there ain't shit in that bag I will want. Just then I saw Bullet walking back towards the car. His stride was rhythmic, like a leopard. He looked real important in his suit. He was moving swift, but trying to keep it natural, as he would say. When he recognized my mother, he yelled from a distance. Hey, move away from the car. Just then, my mother pulled some dirty envelopes out of her bag. She had a big smile on her face, like she was very pleased with herself. Winter, these are letters to you from your father. I've been holding them for you. I didn't know if I would ever see you again. I felt a shockwave shoot through my body. At that split second, those letters became the most important thing in my life. Just as Bullet arrived at the door, I jumped out to get the letters. She don't want that shit. He swatted my mother to the side like she was a fly. I want those letters, Bullet. My father wrote those letters to me and you can't keep me from having them. He saw the fire in my eyes. Bullet, what you got for me? What you got for me? My mother hopped around like a three-year-old waiting on a lollipop. I ain't got nothing for you, he growled at her while steadily looking in my eyes. Come on, Bullet, we friends, we friends. Tell Winter we friends, Mama said. Give me the letters. I stepped up and extended my hand to my mother. She pulled her arm, securing the letters behind her back, teasing me. You want the letters. She wants the letters. What you got for me? You look good, Winter. You look like you got a whole lot of money. Do you owe me money? What you got for me? My mother sang. I lunged at her. She fell on the ground. I fell on top of her. I grabbed the envelope out of her weak fingers, clenched it to a fist. Bullet lifted my body off the ground and into the air. Go get in the rental. From the look on his face, I knew to follow his instructions. I didn't care because I had the letters. He threw a $10 bill on the ground and told Mama to go get what she needs somewhere else. She picked it up and disappeared as fast as she came. Bullet placed the teddy bears in the back seat of the rental, 
next to the infant car seat. Don't fucking move, he threatened me. I saw him signal to his man who was standing on the car watching the firefighters put out the fire. His man got in the driver's side of the legs. Bullet leaned into the passenger door. He put all his guns from the compartment into a carry bag. He walked back and threw the bag into the trunk of the rental. As he returned to the driver's side of the rental, I asked him, Did you get the twenty-two? It's under the driver's seat in your car. His man was pulling off. Bullet trotted in his church suit behind the car to catch up with him. Yo, hold up. Hold up, man. I didn't even have time to turn my head a little bit. A brick came crashed through the window of the pasture side of the rental. You stupid fucking bitch. You had the nerve to bring your ass back around here. The door swung open and Simone charged in. With her heavy hands around my neck, her weight was holding me down on the front seat. I started throwing mad punches, swinging at her face, punching her in the eyes to get her off balance. The car was rocking. People started gathering around the car, cheering. I could hear people walking on top of the car roof the whole nine. Me and Ramon were still thumping. I bit her. She tore open the top of my dress. Next thing I know, we both fell out of the car into the street. We was wrestling. I was using my knee to kick her in the belly. Laid out on the ground, she reached her big arm towards the gutter and grabbed a dirty bottle. I tried to shake it out of her hand, but she was a big buffalo. She broke the bottle. I caught flashes of the faces in the crowd that now had us pinned in. I saw nasty little Natalie standing there, egging Simone on. Cut the bitch! Cut her! She called out. Simone kept coming at me. I was lighter on my feet, so I ducked and dodged. For a second, I looked up because I saw a bullet coming through the crowd with a gun in his hand. Just seeing him got me feeling pumped. Now I had superpowers. But Simone took advantage of that split second when I looked away. Her big arm came swinging down, slicing a seven-inch gash on the left side of my face. I felt my face open up. I grabbed my head and blood was all over my fingers. My face felt hot like it was surrounded with heat. Bullet shot the gun in the air and everybody started running. Even Simone bounced. Some bold people stood right there and kept watching. Oh, baby. Bullet said when he saw my face in the blood. He led me to the rental. He sat me down in the car. For seconds, he just kept saying, damn. Damn, damn. Then, whoop, whoop, police sirens. I could see the red lights bouncing in the rearview mirror as the police cars ripped down the street. Bullet closed the passenger door and ran around to drive the car. Suckers in the crowd pointed our car out to the police. But that wasn't as shocking as me watching Bullet walk, past the driver's side, past the car, onto the sidewalk, and down the street like he had nothing to do with it opened the door on my side and tried to get out but the cops was up on me holy shit this nigga well first of all Simone back <laughs> it ain't funny but it's funny because we knew Simone was gonna get her revenge one way or the other and 
it just happened to come at the most inopportune moment. Winter knew it was going to happen. That's why she was like, I need a piece. But then the fire truck came. Like, it was just bad luck that there was a fire. When they saw the fire, they should have dipped out, honestly. Because where there's smoke and there's fire departments, there's usually cops, too. Just to control the the uh, environment. But nope. Damn. Simone fucked her up bad. Like, you calling her a buffalo? Okay, whatever. You know, she might be solidly built, but bottom line is, I thought you was the bad bitch and you got your ass whooped. Thinking your man was going to give you, I got superpowers. Once I saw Bullet, Bullet left you like three minutes later. Just left you to take the rap. That's some crazy, wild, messed up, fucked up shit. Also, Bullet bought Rottweilers to keep in his house. He's got them on chains that can get into your room. And their whole job is to guard your door so you can't get out and go outside. Because your pussy smelled funny the day before when he was having sex with you. Right after you had an abortion. I thought he was going to abuse her. Honestly, I did. I thought he was going to hit her at some point. But this is way... This 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 is fucked up. It ain't way more fucked up because abuse is, is, is horrible. But this goes to that point that I'm sure uh, Sister Soldier is going to make at some point that most women are in jail because of a man. Uh, whether they're running drugs for him or whatever it may be, they're usually in jail for, for a man. And that popped into my head as well. Damn, Simone got her with a dirty bottle too. That shit about to be infected. They about to start calling her Bubbles. You remember the nigga in like the first chapter who was looking at her when she was little and her dad cut a gash on his face for her. Now she got a gash cut in her face. Mm, ain't gonna heal right. Can't get right. Your name about to be Bubbles. But yeah, Bullet is a fucking paranoid motherfucking monster. Like, I'm sure we ain't seen nothing yet. And I'm sure he ain't about to look in for her when she's in jail. And I'm sure he's not going to pay for no fucking lawyer. The nigga literally left her behind. Left her hanging. Damn. That's crazy. That's crazy. I didn't, I did not, I, I did not see that coming. Like, I thought he was going to take her to the hospital, but nope. And niggas was pointing out the car, too. Fucking snitches. 916-633-1537. You can also email us at wretchedandratchet at gmail.com. You can send a DM on Twitter to Ratchet Book Club. um, And you can leave a review. Please leave a review wherever you listen to the show at. Um, Five stars is greatly appreciated. If you don't leave five stars, just let us know what we can fix. Um, If it's my voices, I ain't got nothing for you. I'm pretty much, I'm recycling voices at this point in time. You're going to hear these voices for the rest of this fucking show. Like forever, ever. These voices. My bad. Um, thank you all so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah. I thought that this happened later on in the book. Like I knew Simone got her. I just thought it happened later. 
But I guess, you know, we're 75% of the way through the book, so, well, now 77%. There's a lot more to go through. 23% more. Thank y'all so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. Peace. It's me again. That shit is crazy. Bullet ain't gonna fuck with her. I'm sure he isn't. I'm just guessing. But I'm pretty sure. That's probably the last we've seen of Bullet. Or he's gonna come back and abuse her somehow. But he ain't gonna fuck with her no more because she's got that face. And as superficial as she is, he's just as superficial. He only wanted her on his arm because she was Winter Santiago. And because she looked good and her hair was real. That's all over with. And she's probably gonna go to jail. Damn. Alright, now for real, I'm out. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name,